Welcome to the Reseller Entrepreneur, the podcast for reseller hobbyists eager to turn reselling into a successful business. Learn from Mike and other reseller entrepreneurs as they share their experiences and tips on running an online business. Here's your host, Old Fashioned Mike. Thank you for joining. It has been a wild ride. I hope everybody's doing okay. So obviously we have the July 4th weekend coming up. And um, uh, if you have not uh, put out coupons or a sale for your items, now is a good time to do it. Uh, This weekend uh, normally is fairly slow uh, because people are going out and doing things. Um, But um, leading up to it, uh, in other words, the end of June and up into, you know, July what first, second, and third, you, uh, you might make some sales, but really July 4th and, and maybe a few days afterwards, it's a little slow. So anyway, um, if you haven't put out your coupons yet, you should do that. I'm recording a little early this week, so I'm kind of getting messed up on the schedule. I'm kind of checking the schedule at the same time where I'm recording this podcast. Sorry about that. So, um, you know, get those, get those coupons done and get those, uh, discounts done and, you know, for, for July. And you should be running those at all times, especially during the slow months. And don't be afraid to go up, you know, maybe to a 10 or 20% coupon, uh, depending on your margins and, you know, do what you can afford, but, uh, you know, go big on these because that's the only way you're going to get out of this thing with some decent sales. And so I've done that. Um, like I talked about last couple of weeks and it is paying off. I am definitely seeing an uptick in sales, not to the level of, um, the, uh, the, you know, the rest of the year, the summer slowdown is real. Um, but you know, use that time to grow your business in other ways. And so when you come out of the summer slowdown that you come in with uh, a big bang into Q, uh, Q3 and four. So obviously Q4 is the biggie. So you should be sourcing stuff that you know will sell big, uh, during Q4. So in my case, uh, since I'm selling postcards, for instance, I buy a lot of Christmas postcards, uh, you know, vintage Christmas and, and also Halloween postcards. And those start to do really, really well. I've done a few uh, Thanksgiving as well. Thanksgiving generally doesn't do as well, um, you know, because there's nothing really of note. You know, Christmas you have Santa and Halloween you have jack-o'-lanterns and ghosts and things like that. But, you know, turkey is really not that big of a deal uh, on on postcards. Anyway, so, uh, so think in your area what you should be sourcing and then, you know, go for it. You're going to, you're going to find that, uh, if you're listing those things now that once Q4 rolls around that you'll be able to start selling, uh, a lot more because you've have the right inventory, obviously clothing, you should be looking for things like, uh, jackets right now. And jackets should be cheap, especially with this heat wave and jackets should be really cheap in the thrift store. So go for those because uh, those will sell really, really well in Q4 little update for me also is that, you know, as I said, I've been kind of phasing out, uh, part of my inventory just so I, when I make a move, when I make the move and the move's going to be in mid November or mid, excuse me, mid October. Now, uh, we just got a notification. My house is going to be done by then. Um, so what we're going to do is, uh, so I sent all the clothes 
uh, most of the clothes anyway, uh, that uh, women's clothes to thread up. And I'm going to let you know how that goes. So as soon as I get a payout from that, I'm going to, I'll tell you how it goes here. It's the first time I've done it. I, I've heard some good things and bad things about it. Good, good thing is it's really easy. You just basically stick it in their bag and then ship it off. And if you don't want to wait for their bag, you could do it in your own box, which is what I do. And, uh, and when they receive it, uh, and they put it up on their website, then, um, you get a commission. It's a little, it's obviously they take a lot, uh, compared to some of the other platforms, but it's just easy. You don't have to do anything. I will lose money. I, I'm predicting I will lose money on this. However, it does uh, solve the problem of, of getting rid of inventory, uh, quickly and the stuff that has been selling over the past year. Now in the clothing world, I don't sell a lot of women's clothes because, um, I, I just don't think, uh, it sells as well. And more importantly is when it does sell a lot of times you get a lot of returns, uh, compared to men's clothing. I don't know, you know, no judgment there why it just is what it is. Um, but it's a much more volatile market. And so to me, thread ups simple, they just basically send it into them. And if they use it, they give you money. And if they don't use it, you have the opportunity to have them donate it uh, in your name or actually, I'm not sure if it's in your name, but definitely donate it or they return it to you. I, I opted for them just to donate it because I need to get it out of here. So I won't have to move it myself to Florida. Another thing I've been experimenting with is to not charge for shipping on, on the collectibles. And that is actually not going as well as I would hope. So I'm not seeing an uptick for people, uh, uh buying because I have free shipping. Um, and I, I did it on a subset of my inventory. So, uh, my growth advisor has been talking to me about offering sh free shipping because, uh, some people do. Um, but I have checked on Terapeak and it's saying that there's only about 30% of the people offering free shipping in my market segment. So I'm going to stick with not, um, with not giving free shipping because frankly, it's turning out to be, uh, much more profitable me for me to, uh, to charge shipping really, really simply. Uh, what I do is I basically take the cost of the envelope, the labels, uh, a modest uh, amount for the uh, labor, and I also include the cost of the product. And not necessarily in the shipping cost, but I'm just saying when I'm developing my shipping cost. And, and basically, I make $0.37 cents on everything, including uh, – and that's only if I, if I'm using first class shipping, if I'm using the eBay standard envelope, I even, I, you know, I profit about $3 per, per item in shipping. So it's been really, really good for me. So, you know, I, I don't care what my growth advisor says. I think that basically the markets, uh, bears, uh, for people to charge for shipping. So I'm going to continue chop, uh, charging for now. And, uh, you know, I might scale it back a little bit, but, uh, but basically, my lesson here is that you want to make sure that you build in all the costs when you're shipping, not only the postage, but the cost, of the envelope and the labels too, because, and maybe a modest amount for labor. Um, you make sure that your shipping charge covers that, uh, because you don't want to be in a situation where you're losing money, which is the big thing I think with clothing because it's so required, uh, in the clothing market to, to offer free shipping. So, um, I don't do that um, on my other items. Clothing still offer free shipping, and I suspect that I will be out of clothing completely. I'm selling a, a ton of clothing um, either through ThreadUp, other means, and even through eBay and, and other platforms. So it's all working out. 
uh, in my favor. Uh, but, um, you know, my, uh, desire to sell it all to one person didn't pan out and I don't think it's going to pan out just because the shipping charges are just too great. Uh, it doesn't make it a good deal for somebody that wants to buy my business. That's a lesson for you though, is because your business isn't worth on eBay business is not worth anything unless you can, uh, offer other assets other than the inventory, because even the inventory becomes less valuable, uh, once somebody realizes they have to buy, uh, to, to purchase shipping. Now, um, I could break it up into smaller lots and may do so, uh, depending on how much I have to move, but I, uh, break it up in smaller lots that maybe only cost $20 to ship or something like that. And then you could sell things in lots. So I bought some of my inventory that way during the early days of the pandemic. And so I anticipate that that's kind of what I'll do a little bit as well. And if that work pans out, then I'll, maybe I'll just put out in big lots and either way I need to get out of the clothing business cause it's driving me crazy. So let's talk about some other things that eBay is offering for support coming up. So you may not be aware, but if you should be checking your email from eBay, they talked about uh, eBay Open. eBay Open is coming again. It's not going to be an in-person event, unfortunately. So to me, the eBay Open event um, loses some of its um, effectiveness when it's not in person. However, there are some really good lectures in there, and I'm not talking about the lectures from uh, from people who work for eBay. So they're going to basically tow the company line when, um, when, uh, they have people from the company making presentations. And I, I, you know, I, I wish eBay well, as far as, as how well they do. And, but I don't really care to hear about how the earnings are and some of the new things, um, that they're working on. That's not in my market segment. I can care less about hang, handbags. I can care less about, uh, shoes, all that sort of stuff. And that's kind of what they're going down the path of these days. However, it is an indication about some of the things that they are doing, um, that may touch my market segments. I mean, case in point, when they first, uh, offered uh, lower cost shipping for, uh, for sports cards, um, you know, first question that came to my mind is when it's, when is it going to come into my market segment? And it came pretty quickly. So, so there's some benefit to knowing what the subjects are that they're going to talk about, not necessarily listening to all their stuff, but they do have some good, good content in eBay open. And, um, of course, you know, you, you'll get to hear people, uh, talk about their business and, um, they will give you different insights that I may not give you. Matter of fact, I may, uh, you know, obviously take some good notes and then maybe connect with some of these people for future guests segments. But, but, uh, that's what I think the value of eBay open is. And I think the real value of eBay open would be the actual networking you do with other, with other sellers during the event, which you won't necessarily have that option here. Now I'm assuming that they're going to do something, um, where you, you know, maybe have a zoom call with a bunch of sellers and you guys can talk. I mean, that might be interesting. So uh, they'll be doing something I'm sure. I just haven't really delved into the details. Uh, but coming from the live events industry, which I do come from prior to being a reseller, uh, you know, there's nothing like pressing the flesh with people, uh, that you are in your same 
in your same market segment and in your same business. If you do that, you learn things that they do that may be applicable to your business. Kind of like the reason why you listen to podcasts, for instance, but you can get to follow up with answering questions, asking questions. You just can't do that with listening to me uh, unless you send them to me. And then of course I consolidate them and then you know, one day I go through a bunch of questions, but it may not be the exact question you were answering, asking. I just don't, I just get so many questions that are very much the same. And so I like to, 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 um, to bulk them up and then basically doing, do them, um, you know, in accordance with, you know, like kind, uh, questions. So, but with, with uh, actual meeting people at events, it's just, uh, there's no substitute for it. And unfortunately, uh, eBay, you know, they were thinking about canceling eBay open anyway, from what I understand, uh, in person. And they went to more, you know, virtual events and regional events. Um, but the pandemic hit. And of course now, uh, they just went back to eBay open just being an online affair. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm hoping that, that, uh, there's some real value in it. Um, you know, you can get caught up in it. Um, by just staying there all day and listening to every single lecture and maybe working in the background. But the reality is, is that you're much better off just pick and choosing what event, what uh, lectures you go to and listen to what they have to say. And then, you know, in between last year's just going full bore into your business. Um, now one of the things I find, uh, going to these events is that you get a little bit more energized about your business too. And, you know, if you all know that you start off when you, when you're first starting off as reselling, you have a lot of energy and you put a lot of effort into listing a lot and, and building processes and doing all the things you need to do to run the business. But what ends up happening is, is that over time, you know, it takes a, you know, you just, you wear out doing the same thing over and over and over again. That's one of the re- reasons why it might, it's good to have different market segments you deal with and maybe different stores that you ha- might want to run uh, in the, in different segments to kind of change up the, um, you know, the, the material that you're doing, you know, making it a lot easier to not get bored at what you're doing. Um, but I think actually going to events also does that for me too, as well. So we'll see if that does that here. I, I, I'm, kind of thinking that, that I'm not, I'm looking at this as probably more of an information dump more than it is kind of a, a networking opportunity, which, uh, which is unfortunate. One thing I have discovered also, but they've, they have not met very recently, but, uh, there are local meetup groups that you can to, to do networking. So you should be looking at meetup groups as well. Uh, you know, everything you learn here and from other YouTubers and podcasters, essentially you know, the information's out there anyway. I mean, I'm, uh, what I'm doing is I'm just giving you my experience and you listen because maybe my experience is kind of helping you, but that same experience, um, exists out in, you know, in other resellers. So, and they may, they don't have a podcast or maybe they do, but most likely they don't. Um, but meeting them and asking them poignant questions, maybe even going to their place of business to see how they run their operation, uh, be much more valuable than even a podcast. So uh, not that I don't want you to listen, but, but you should, you should definitely look for other resellers in your area, uh, your physical area so that you can meet with them and, and maybe even have a chance to uh, trade with them or, or uh, maybe they deal in things that you don't deal with, and you run into those uh, thrift stores or wherever. You could you could trade stuff. You could you know it's just networking is a really good thing, and uh, especially if it's local. So you should be doing that as well, um, especially before 
uh, things start to get really, really busy in Q3 and 4 because then you won't have time. Okay, that's basically a brain dump <laughs> for me today. Uh, I'm just going to say that uh, you know everybody have a happy Fourth of July. I know this this podcast was coming out after the fourth, so uh, unfortunately, you know it's a belated July Fourth wish. But uh, anyway, have a safe time, and uh, we will talk real soon. Thank you very much. Bye. episode has ended, but your journey towards turning your reselling hobby into a business doesn't have to. Head on over to oldfashionedmike.com for more information and tips on running a successful reselling business. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until next time.